This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Daly. Our guest this week is Tom Nassif, President and CEO of the Western Growers. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance industry provides individualized protection on over 300 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest and most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Tom Nassif next. Today's Open Mic segment is brought to you by America's crop insurance industry, which is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Providing individualized protection on more than 300 million acres of farmland, crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. From the need for immigration reform to food safety and the need for access to global markets, the needs of the produce, citrus, and tree nut industry aren't really all that different from the producers of other major commodities in the U.S. Representing farmers in Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, and California, Tom Nassif has spent nearly two decades lobbying to support the ag industry. He's concerned that critical legislative action may fall under the cloud of the impeachment process. I would say that it's an extraordinarily difficult process to go through what they're going through on impeachment and trying to get laws and representation of U.S. citizens at the same time. There seems to be a desire to pursue the impeachment in order to ensure for Democrats a president they're liking and they're choosing as well as members of the legislature. All of that severely detracts from the work that government ought to be doing and the work that we're paying government to do. Do you see any hope for meaningful immigration reform left for this year or in this Congress? I believe uh, we will certainly see something out of the House. And the question will be, will there be enough Republican support so that it's a bipartisan bill that the Senate would then take up so that we can get into a conference on a, an immigration bill and one that the president would be willing to sign. These are all high bars, difficult to attain, but we are unyielding in our effort to get it done. Are there policies that would make matters worse for your growers that could be enacted? And what are the policies that the Western growers believe would make sense? Well, there's certainly... Both of those kinds of things, the things that make sense to us is to ensure that we have a legal workforce. We've had people working for us for decades who obeyed the laws, paid all their taxes, uh, become part of their communities, raised their families. Uh, we'd like to see a process where they are legalized. We need to have a viable guest worker program where the costs are not so extravagant that it's not affordable and renders us uh, non-competitive with foreign producers. There are regulations that could make it more difficult uh, for workers to be hired and unreasonable demands on housing and other benefits that would make it difficult, especially in states uh, where the construction costs and the land costs are extraordinarily high, uh, including California, uh, to be able to provide them. But we believe that whatever is enacted in the House, will be changed in the Senate, 
and whatever wrongs we think have been enacted uh, will be righted in the Senate. Under the status quo, how is it affecting your growers, either from idle lands or crop diversity or automation? How is the lack of having this done affecting you? We have seen a dramatic increase of production in other countries by our members. That's where all the expansion is. So the U.S. is losing the economic benefit of having a couple of million farm workers in the country, uh, which create two to three non-farm jobs. And instead, our policies have pushed farmers to go to foreign countries where labor is less expensive, regulations are diminished, and uh, water is available. And working with governments that encourage investment in their countries so that their economies can flourish from the production of those commodities that would then be exported to the United States. I have long held the view that uh, our crops are going to be harvested by foreign workers. The only question is, will they do it in this country, adding jobs uh, to our economy, or in a foreign country, adding jobs to their economy? How is the U.S. consumer being compromised by the lack of action on immigration reform? We're seeing less food being consumed that is domestically grown in favor of foreign grown produce. Most foreign countries, if any, don't have the legislation, the regulation, uh, the food safety concerns, the worker safety concerns that the United States has. So anytime you start focusing on consuming foreign products when, in fact, domestic produce is available, uh, I think the consumer ends up the loser. And, of course, U.S. farmer. Tom, food safety is a concern across the whole spectrum of agriculture. So how are your members working now to provide safer products for consumers? I understand you have an initiative that's all your own. Yes. As you might know, we developed the California Leafy Green marketing agreement, which established audits that would be done by the government or paid for by the farmer, and we established metrics by which uh, food safety would be measured to see if we were in compliance. Uh, We've initiated enforcement by the federal government when those standards aren't met. We continue to look for ways to improve those standards, uh, reduce our environmental footprint, Uh, and to ensure that the processes we have for keeping our produce as clean and non-contaminant as possible are implemented. One has to remember that we grow this food outside in the dirt under the open skies with animals crawling through fields and birds flying over them. So there's a limit as to what we can do because of those things which nature has provided. So to the extent that we can't get it all done in the field, we try and get it done when processing through uh, washing procedures and constant inspection for cleanliness and uh, a reduction or uh, elimination of any contaminants uh, in the processing equipment or plant. It seems that traceability is a big part of this element, and the sooner that a product can be traced back to the farm, the perhaps easier it is uh, to alleviate a situation. Yes, we, uh, as you mentioned, we have uh, created a Western Growers Supply Chain Risk Management solution, which uh, answers the questions of trace back, trace forward. It is a data-driven process that gives real-time digital information on what's happening uh, in the field as far as food safety procedures 
a concern. Uh, it can be monitored through a dashboard, both for the farmers, who are the producers, and other suppliers, as well as the uh, buyers, who can check on a re in a real-time basis, moment by moment, day by day, rather than having audits every quarter, which are just a picture in time and don't tell the, the real picture. So we've taken this technology and some technology innovators and coupled that with existing blockchain technology and an insurance component which would insure against any contamination risks at a, uh, uh, at a higher level than what's ever been offered before. So it's the complete package, and I think it's the ultimate answer to the questions being asked about that by the consumers, as well they should, and by the buyers. Tom, consumers are more interested in where their food comes from today. So how are the Western growers embracing that thirst for information, and, and how do you answer their questions and desire for sustainability as well as knowing how and where their foods are grown? Well, we've done a couple of things. First of all, through this supply chain risk management solution, consumers can actually have an app or access to it uh, and a barcode, which would be on every commodity, uh, and they could get all the information off the produce they're going to purchase uh, just right off their phones. Uh, for a dozen years, we have had our folks going out to the farms and videoing our farming families and allowing them to tell the story about who they are, uh, what their ethics are, their goals for protecting the consumer uh, and protecting the family farm. They put that on the Internet and so that anyone who wants access to it can find out who grows their food and how it's grown. And that's a wonderful way, I think, of joining the farm-to-fork continuum. Tom, crop protection products have a regulatory process toward registration and re-registration here in the country, and despite that, Agriculture seeing some consumer pushback on some approved products now being taken away, for example, in the state of California. How big of a concern is this consumer pushback even over our regulatory process? Well, first of all, we understand why consumers would feel the way they do. None of us wants our families or ourselves to consume something that isn't safe to consume. We have regulations that ensure that there's either no residue or a residue uh, that creates no harm to the consumer. Uh, we are experiencing a rapidly an increase in new pests and diseases that we've never faced before from foreign countries. We're looking for crop protection tools which will manage the pest and disease problem and yet be safe for not just the consumers but for the workers in the field. What we would like to see is rather than just outright bans, that the first thing the government does is to work with the farmer to find solutions. Uh, is there a way to apply it or spray it uh, in a more targeted way uh, with product that adheres more to the plant and doesn't get into the air and the residue is eliminated very quickly uh, to keep it away from drift, which might create uh, environmental problems? So to work on those kinds of things, and if, if no solutions can be found where it's safe, and if it's safe for the consumer as well as the, the farm worker, then we can understand why they would have to eliminate the use of it, phase it out, and ban it eventually. But then we have to look at new crop protection tools 
so that we can provide the kind of produce that people want to eat. Seems one of the bigger concerns would be that despite the regulatory process and the dollars spent and the research provided, that the consumer pushback or the state government pushback might deter some companies from developing new products that you need to protect crops in the future. Well, the registration process is difficult and getting more difficult all the time. So if we do have companies who are creating new products to replace those which have been banned or eliminated for some reason, it's difficult to find replacements for that. And the more that happens, the more expensive it gets to try and protect those crops, the more likely that food is going to be produced in other countries where they use those crop protection tools. What can the rest of U.S. agriculture learn from the relationship between the consumer and farmers in the state of California? It takes an enormous effort to communicate with consumers so that they will have a better understanding of who is producing their food and the extent to which we take every step possible to make it the safest in the world. I have a fondness for saying that we grow the best medicine in the world because that's what I believe fresh produce is, a natural solution to disease, uh, to illness, to obesity, and to the health care costs that occur in this country. So there will be no end to our efforts to increase our outreach to consumers through the Internet, through public relations campaigns, bringing people out into the field to see what's actually happening, uh, consumers as well as legislators. It's important that they know what's being done and how it's being done. Once they have an understanding of that, they have a completely changed attitude about what's happening, and they're thankful uh, that we have farmers who are still willing to invest heavily, gamble, that will never guarantee them a return on their investment or even a, a profitable way of living. So to me, the farmers in California, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, across the country uh, are the heroes in this country when it comes to taking care of its own. And we will continue to do that and continue to try and send that message out and provide the proof necessary if people ask, show me. Would you say that farmers in California have a rougher road to hoe than the other states you represent? California, as you can imagine, uh, is, a, is an extraordinary difficult regulatory climate, probably the worst in the world. There doesn't seem to be a real desire to protect agriculture or to ensure the future of agriculture, even though California is the largest farm state in the entire country and one of the largest in the entire world. One might wonder why they would take that attitude, and that's because they're more concerned about adding burdens to the farmers that they believe will get them votes by saying, we're protecting the consumers, we're protecting the farm workers, and by sending that message, they're basically saying our food is unsafe where the farmers aren't good employers. When nothing could be further from the truth. It's when the government in the state sits down with the farmers and the worker advocates and says, let's do what's in the best interests of our citizens, that we come up with the right solutions. But there hasn't seemed to be an appetite for doing that. Are there particular items you see now on the horizon? Is there advice or comment that you would offer for agriculture today as you forge against some of the headwinds in the industry? I believe the important thing is to understand that the government is not ever going to solve our problems for us. We have to solve our own problems, and we've tried to do that through our Western Grower Center for Innovation and Technology in Salinas by providing an incubator and a venue where 
entrepreneurs can come with their new ideas to reduce the usage of water, uh, the usage of labor, the usage of crop protection tools. So it's up to our industry to invest and to look for their own needs for their labor and water issues as well as their food safety issues. So I would advise them to do that as quickly as possible. Take the uh, problems and put them in your own hands and try and solve them with the help of associations like Western Growers and others across the country. Tom, let's shift to trade. You recently were in Washington and I think witnessed the signing of the trade deal between the U.S. and Japan. What does that particular agreement on agriculture mean for Western growers? Well, it's the first phase of the two-phase negotiations with Japan. Uh, we have seen uh, a reduction in tariffs, and uh, we have seen headway on the, what we call SPS issues, which are sanitary and phytosanitary. There's more to be done in the second uh, phase, but second phase rather. But the fact is, Japan is one of our largest trading partners when it comes to produce. So getting a trade agreement with them that provides us uh, with the kinds of uh, tariff help necessary and resolves the question of countries saying, uh, you have a, a pest or disease that we, uh, we don't want coming in through your produce, when in fact that country may have the same pest and disease uh, as we have in this country, uh, they're just trying to protect their local farmers who, when they're not in production, are happy to take our produce. But when you've got countries like Japan who have asked for a fumigation of lettuce, which kills lettuce, obviously, uh, that's an unnecessary and unwarranted sanitary or phytosanitary issue. Changes in these metrics and more science-based uh, responses to these issues is what we've uh, partly achieved in Phase 1 and hope to achieve fully in Phase 2. Staying with the subject of trade, how much now is being lost by Western growers the longer that this trade war wears on between the U.S. and China? Well, I think hundreds of millions of dollars. The uh, tree nut industry has suffered extraordinarily from what's happened over there because it was such a large market for our tree nut industries, wines, grapes, uh, citrus, uh, so many things have been adversely affected. We support entering into very difficult trade negotiations such as we have with China. We believe that it's time we level the playing field, and it's taken a lot of courage to do what's being done. And what's remarkable is, though the American farmer is the one who's really suffering the most from this trade war, I believe the industry itself is fully supportive of changing the dynamics of trade with China to protect our access to their markets, to prevent fraud uh, when it comes to labeling of produce that's not produced in the United States, which labels as such in China, and for all the other technology and trade secret kinds of issues that we have been confronted with uh, for decades. Understood. Let's wrap up our discussion on trade and talk about the USMCA. A lot of discussion, uh, visits between the U.S. leadership and Mexico, and calls from uh, both sides of the Capitol and both sides of the aisle to see USMCA come to a vote in the House. Where do the Western growers stand with USMCA? Absolutely supportive. Want it passed immediately. Uh, we understand the concern of some of the Democrats and even some of our members that uh, the labor laws need to be uh, enhanced uh, and enforced in Mexico because uh, it's very difficult to compete 
against foreign-grown produce, and they don't have the same kinds of wages or working conditions or uh, other labor-related issues uh, that we would think would be only fair in this country. So we understand their concern. I think the administration is uh, allaying their concern, and the Mexican government understands that, is working diligently to increase and enhance uh, labor laws in Mexico. And I think the, uh, the House Democrats are ready to support the bill. Tom Nassif, we salute your service to the Western growers and so glad you could join us on this edition of Open Mic. If anyone has deserved an opportunity to have an open mic, it's you right now. Thank you so much, Jeff. Uh, It's been an honor, pleasure, and the most enjoyable part of my professional career to have served the produce industry and agriculture in general, as well as the members of ours who I believe are just the finest people uh, I've ever met. So by the grace of God, uh, these things have happened. Thank you for your statement, and I've been the one blessed by the employment. Our thanks to Western Growers President and CEO Tom Nassif for his service to the Western Growers and for being our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. Crop insurance, the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Alley.